At Gates, we are passionate about the Word of God. We hope the message you are about to listen to empowers you today. I've been on a little series that I got from a statement that I heard from someone else. From Pastor Keith Moore at the Southwest Believers Convention this past August, this, this month, and the first of this month, last of July and first of um, August. And he made a statement, and I've been dissecting it and kind of breaking it apart through the Word of God. But this is what he said He said, I don't talk and meditate on what I don't know, what I don't have, or I can't do. That was his statement. And I took the statement, and what I added to it was, instead of that, this is what I do. I talk and meditate on what God has revealed, what He's given to me, all that God has done for me, and that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So I'm going to read the first negative three first, again. I don't talk and meditate. Everybody say meditate. So I don't talk. See, you're you're talking, if you're talking things you don't know, things that you don't have and you can't do, if you're talking that, you're hearing yourself say it, I promise you, you're meditating on that. So what do you have to do? You have to replace not meditating and talking on what you don't know, you got to replace that with what you do know. Instead of meditating, talking and meditating on what you don't have, you've got to talk and meditate on what God has given to you. When your meditation is on what God has done and what He's given to you, and then the fact that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, when that's your meditation, when that's your, what's coming out of your mouth, that's going to begin to be your meditation. It doesn't happen automatically, but it happens over time when you choose to speak what God says instead of how you feel or the way things look. Very easy to do. Very easy to do. If you've got a bushel of apples and you've got one bad apple with a worm in it, do the good apples remove the bad apple? No, the bad contaminates the good. Right? That's what happens with the negative realm. See, the negative will contaminate your thinking. The confession, the daily confession that we teach around here, we teach classes on it because we believe in it so much. But the daily confession of the Word is not to throw Scripture at a circumstance. The daily confession of God's Word is that you hear yourself say what God says is so from His Word, and it renews your mind, changes the way you think, and eventually will change what, how, how you talk. And if you're changing what you're talking and what's coming out of your mouth, then you're changing your meditation. Because the negative meditation on the three things that I just mentioned right here will take you down. And it's where most people live, Christian and non-Christian alike. I, I know some non-Christians that have just 
just have this mentality of the power of positive thinking and, and talking that they've just gotten. They got it from God because nobody got anything that's any good except from God, whether they know it or not. Whether they acknowledge it or not, they got it from God. But I know people that aren't born again that have taken a hold of this, people that are born again, that they're, especially when I was growing up spiritually, I, I didn't know God until I was 18, and when I got born again, I began to, to live my life around people that taught faith and confession of the Word of God to change the way you think. Well, there are a lot of Christians that got mad at that, saying that, well, they're just a bunch of confession people trying to, you know, confess things into existence. Yeah, that's what it is. Trying to confess into existence what God says is so. Not confessing anything, confessing the Word of God. And when you learn to confess that, it'll change the way you think. People in the natural have proven that. There was a study in Reader's Digest. I, I was actually sitting in an office and saw a Reader's Digest, and I opened this Reader's Digest, and in the Reader's Digest was this story about this scientist that took two plants. How many have heard this story? Okay, too many. <clears throat> uh, so you got to hear it again. So um, they took two plants exactly the same, put one in one room, same sunlight, everything, one in another room, same sunlight, watered it, took care of it for 30 days. One person would go in for one hour a day and speak negative things over this. And in, in the article that I was reading, they said they, the things that the person spoke over the flower, the negative things, I mean, they looked at the flower like this flower was the worst human being on the planet, and they were attacking them with their mouth. And in the, in the next room, the person came in and... Um, and actually, in one room, they played, they played music that was very calm in, in the, in where they were speaking positive things. In the other room, they were speaking music, or they were playing music that was real kind of upbeat and, and kind of irritating type of music. But at the end of the 30 days, the pictures in this Reader, Reader's Digest showed the, the plant with the negative things spoken over it was wilted. It was water taken care of, had sunlight, everything exactly the same. The other one was flourishing. And this scientist, non-born-again scientist, talked about the power of words. Well, that guy got it from, this, from the God that we serve because that's what the Bible's full of is the power of our words. And we've got to do something with it. One of the purposes, one of the main purposes of the church, people think, have all kinds of ideas about the church. One of the main purposes of the church, and it comes from Jesus, him saying this, because he's building his church. You know, D Dale has ministry in his life. Isabel has ministry. Randy and Veronica have ministry. Each and every one of you have ministry. God's not building ministry. He's building his church. And in the church that God is building comes the ministry. See, because otherwise, if you're just building something within yourself, some kind of a ministry or something that you're building up, and it's apart from the church, okay, God can't build that because you have to be connected to the right people. For us to be Jesus in the earth, we're a bunch of parts. Jesus was one guy, 
and we're a bunch of other guys and gals, but we're all just parts, and we make up his body in the earth. So to do that, we can't meditate on what we don't have. We can't meditate on what we can't do. We can't meditate on what we don't know. We got to know what we know. We got to do what we can do. And we got to know that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Tonight, I'm talking about that third one in that group regarding not meditate, talking and meditating on what we don't have, but talking and meditating on what we can do in Christ Jesus. That's what I'm focusing on tonight in the rest of this message. Because God needs you in the earth. You you don't need to be leaving here soon. He needs you here. But He needs you thinking like Him, living like Him, operating like Him, and you yielding to Him so we learn how to do everything He wants us to do. So, you know, we don't have to be in a hurry to do that. We just have to be consistent in doing it. you got the rest of your life on planet Earth to learn how to do that and become everything He put you here to be. And to do that, we have to, you and I have to, meditate, as we're talking about tonight, on the fact we can do all things How many? How much is that? Everything, right? That's an absolute. That's an absolute. That's That's not just maybe and sometimes and if it's a good day and if you get up on the right side of the bed. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. But see, hmm, it's kind of like a four-letter word. You have to be consistent, and you have to make a choice to do it. And if you don't make a choice to do it, God will not come on you and do it for you. He'll help you. He sent you a helper to do what? Help you, right? I promise you, I don't care how smart and sharp you think you are, you need help. Greatest revelation I ever got. Begin to deliver me from pride in my life when I first begin to get that revelation. I need help. But but as I gained the help, what the helper helped me see was there wasn't anything in him that I couldn't do. Now, you know, if... uh, I wake up tomorrow and I tell, come and tell the church that, well, I'm going to quit pastoring because uh, I'm going to go play for the San Antonio Spurs. Well, you know, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Yeah, but, you know, I don't think God told me to do that. And uh, a lot of people think God says to do certain things that that really wasn't what God told you to do. And what we've got to do is get clarity so we know His voice and we're able to dispel all the other voices. Because there's a bunch of voices. And uh, that's why you can meet somebody and they can act one way 
one day, or they can act one way around you, but then they can act another way around everybody else. Because it's, you know, split personality isn't as scientific as it's been made out to be. It just has to do with where your thinking is and how the enemy is influencing your thinking. And you and I need to be delivered and set free from demonic thinking. Amen? Because the devil will work overtime to convince you you can't do anything that God tells you you can do. But the things that we believe God is telling us that we need to do, they have to line up with His Word, and they have to line up with what we know we've heard. Right? See, I, can, I could watch Randy doing something. Randy's a great mechanic. And I could go watch Randy work on a car, you know, and then think, you know, I have an idea that, you know, I, I want to be a mechanic. Well, and so, so you could stop doing something you're doing because you're influenced by what you saw and how you felt in the moment. You thought it was real cool that he could take something that didn't look like it was going to work and then make it work. He's done that for me. Didn't think it was going to start, but man, he made it start. Didn't think you could figure out what the real problem was, but it got to that, man, I want to do that. And the harder you try, the worse it gets. Because that's not what you were supposed to do. You're supposed to be encouraged by what this person could do and encourage them, you know, but stay doing what God's telling you to do and not get off of that. That's where we get this, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me kind of thing all messed up. So I'm just going to read to you a number of verses of Scripture that drive home the point that we are not people that are choosing to meditate on what we can't do. We're choosing to meditate on what we can do in Christ. Can you say amen to that? So, Proverbs 29.18, I've been reading this a lot, in, even on Sunday and, and on Wednesday. I've been reading this lately a lot. But Proverbs 29.18 in the, in the New King James says this, where there is no revelation, King James says where there is no vision, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint, but happy is he who keeps the law or the word of God. The person that keeps God's way of thinking and doing, that keeps that, they, they learn it and then they keep it. Happy and blessed is that person that begins to know it through the Word of God, what God's way of thinking and doing is, and then they keep it. But people that are not keeping the Word and allowing the Word to become revelation to them, they cast off the restraint. Because the Word brings restraint. It brings boundaries to your life. It brings an empowerment to be consistent and stay with it. I I love... What Galatians 6, 9 says, I I think I quote it all the time around here. Just if you don't quit in your consistency to God and His Word, you reap. If you don't quit. What I've seen through the years, I've been saved for over 45 years, and through the years, I've just seen people get excited about something, they start something, and then they do something else. And then they jump over here, and then they jump over here, trying to, to get, you know, and find who they are, number one, 
but find out what they're really here for. The church's responsibility, number one responsibility, is to help people find out through the Word of God who they are and why they're here. Who they are and why they're here. Church's main responsibility in the earth is finding out who they are and why they're here. And when you know who you are in Him, and you know why He puts you here, you can accomplish anything. Say this after me again. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can. You know why? And, and, and today, I'm not just saying that as, you know, a verse of Scripture that I've memorized. I'm saying that because today, after 45 years, I continue to know who I am in a greater way. You ever top out, you're looking for disaster. There is no top. He's the top, and you'll never reach that. Wherever he is, me too, but it's always under here. Huh? He may appear like he's moving, and I'm moving closer to him, but I'll always be here, never here or here. You ever get where you're like, well, you know, I think I've got it all. No. Disaster. It's a recipe for disaster. Because he's the mark, and I've got to continue to live toward that mark. But today, I know who I am in a better way than I did last year. I do. And I, I, if we sat down here, I could give you about three points telling you why I believe who I am in Christ today like I didn't a year ago. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter how much you're moving forward. Just make sure you're moving forward. And the only thing that will move you forward is that revelation. Without redemptive revelation... People perish. They cast off restraint. They get tired of this thing and that thing. Well, I'm just going to go do my own thing. Whew. You're a bad leader for your life. You're a bad God for your life. There's only one God. There's only one helper to help you to lead your life, to help you go in the direction that you're supposed to go, and it's not you. You play a part in it, but you alienate him you don't yield to him, and then you're on your own, and I can, we can read 900 scriptures that talk about the fruit of doing it your own way. We want his way. And we've got to be reminded of it. We've got to be reminded of it. Redemptive revelation is the key to me advancing. Can you say amen? amen. Philippians 4.12. Paul says this. I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I've learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. But he said, you know what he said in the midst of that? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So, he found himself where at times when everything was supplied. Why? Because he could do all things through Christ who strengthens him. Then he found himself in 
some of the worst prisons that man's ever known, writing some of the greatest epistles that we've ever experienced and, and, and read and have built our lives, he wrote from the worst prisons that man could ever even dream of being in. But he found the answer, if he's in that place, no, 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 I can do this. I can do it. I don't care how bad things get at times or how difficult, and, and many times the difficulties here. It's the enemy telling you that something's bad when it's not really as bad as you think it is, but when you've alienated yourself from the Word and you're not allowing the seed of the Word to cleanse your mind on a daily basis, daily basis, listen to me, we, we don't focus on the devil around here, but the devil doesn't ever take a break. And Christians could learn some things from the devil. Like that, and that's only it. He's a faithful dude. Never quits. And you know what? He's defeated. Son of God was manifested to destroy all of the works of the devil. He's defeated. But what is his one weapon? Right here. You worthless thing, you this, and you did, oh, you abbot, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah. I mean, just constant, 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 and he, and he never stops. The only one that can stop him is you. Hmm? How, how, how do you stop the devil? You submit to God, <laughs> you resist him. One translation says, he flees in terror because you're a life that is submitted to the things of God in his word by his spirit. And when you resist him, firm in your faith and confidence that God told you to do this, you resist him, he flees in terror. He shuts up. We have the ability to shut the mouth of the enemy. It's the only tool he has. It's really not even a weapon, it's a tool. He's a liar, he's a cheat, he's a bully. He picks on people that don't have revelation. He goes and finds people trying to wear them out and convince them that this life with God is a waste of time. It won't work. You'll never see the fruit and the reward. I'm telling you today. That's the greatest lie, if anybody's ever bought it. It's the greatest lie you will ever buy because it is straight from the pit of hell, but it's all he has. But I've found out over the years and stronger every year, I feel like. There's been some years that didn't look like I grew at all or advanced at all. But most of the years as of late, I've grown because I know who I am and I know whose I am. And I know that he'll never leave me nor forsake me. He would never allow anything in my life to come into my life that he said I couldn't handle. Yeah. I'm telling you today, whatever you're attempting to handle that it seems overwhelming, you can handle it. Yes, he doesn't allow anything in your life you can't handle and, and not give you the way of escape and being delivered from it. You'll find that in 1 Corinthians 10. Go read it for yourself about 
10, 11, 12, 13, somewhere in there. He will not allow things on your life that you can't handle. I'm telling you, he believes in you more than you do. And that's the absolute truth. Absolute truth. He believes in you and believes you can do more than you could ever think you could do. I'm telling you, that's one of the greatest revelations that I've received over the last few years is I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me and literally I can do more than I think I can. So when I enter into a day and I feel or I'm frustrated about a specific thing, that's what I have to hear. I need to be speaking out of my mouth. No, 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 no. no that, that's a feeling. That's my flesh. I give my flesh no place. But it's not enough just to speak to your flesh. You've got to speak to your flesh with the Word of God. And you've got to say, flesh, mm-mm. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. See, because the battle, listen to me when I say this. It's very important that you hear this. The battle in life is for the soul. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And the battle in life is for the soul between your human spirit, which is one with the Holy Spirit. There's no devil in there with you and the Holy Spirit. He won't share that with anybody. Your human spirit, if you're born again, is one with the Holy Spirit. And The voice of your spirit is your conscience. And what you're receiving from the Holy Spirit is information to renew your mind, your mind, will, and emotions for it to be renewed. And yet, we've got this, which is called our what? Flesh. Hmm? And the flesh wants control of the soul also. Everything that is in the memory bank of your soul from your past before God and even in your past with God, everything in your soul, your flesh will try to stir up by the enemy trying to get your thinking to stay focused on how you feel, how something looks to be, how something appears to be or you hear it to be, instead of you being confident in what the Word says. See, your conscience, your spirit, and the Holy Spirit, your spirit is sending information by the Holy Spirit from the Father to renew your mind so that you can begin to think like God. And when I begin to think like God, And my spirit man has control of my thinking. When my flesh wants to do something that it doesn't need to do that's going to get it in trouble, out of my spirit man comes the Word of God by faith to shut down anything in my flesh that wants to be out of control. That's the way it works. There's a lot of information about what I said. And I can tell you, I'm just talking about in the 45 years of being saved and the people I've come across, most people that are born again don't understand what I just told you. I'm just talking about the people around me. Maybe whole the rest of the world that I don't know that's born again, they all understand it. But most of the people that I know 
that are born again, the, maybe more of the majority of it, don't understand the battle between the flesh and the spirit for the control of your thinking. Jesus made this statement in Mark chapter 4. No. Matthew chapter 19. Maybe. <laughs> but it's in there. <clears throat> and he said this. He said, if the light that is in you is darkened, your conscience, if the light in you is darkened, he asked this question, how deep is the darkness? If the light that you have in your soul is continually darkened, and all of, all of us have darkness in the soul, everybody, I'm not talking about in the spirit, talking about in your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. Everybody fights with darkness because of what we were born into in the earth. And the sin nature that we were born into in the earth, okay, has a way of thinking that we have to be delivered of. And the only way you're going to be delivered of that is if you get the understanding of God through His Word revealed to you by the Spirit. Where there is no redemptive revelation of God. What is the redemptive revelation? As we've talked about many times, the redemptive revelation is the Word of God revealed by the person of the Holy Spirit. And as, as you're reading the Word, studying the Word, confessing the Word, meditating the Word, the Holy Spirit is showing you what He really wants you to know. I'm giving you information that I've learned over the last 45 years that have become a part of my life. I've learned how to war for this thing, stand in the gap for other people concerning this battle between that the, that the spirit and the flesh have for the control of the soul. It's a battle. It's a battle. And the spirit has already won, but not in your life until you learn how important you have to understand how to yield to the voice of the spirit. Because the Spirit's here to reveal to each and every one of us the truth of God's Word that we need to understand. So you're hearing me preach this message tonight. If you take notes or you go back and you listen to it online or whatever and, and you meditate on this, and you take what I preached, then the Holy Spirit, what He does, because... That's what the reason we share so many scriptures when I preach, the, I share so many scriptures when I preach the word, is so that the Holy Spirit can show you what he really wants you to see for your life. I'm giving you one level, he takes it to a whole new place if you do something with it. He, his job, the Holy Spirit has a job, it was given to him, that's what the scripture says. And his job is to reveal all truth to us. He's got a lot of jobs. But he's here on the earth with us. He's living inside of us. And his job is to reveal all truth to us. And the more we have the revelation of truth coming to us, it empowers us. And our conscience inside of us is re relaying information, revelation, to our soul 
renewing our mind and changing the way that we think so that our flesh doesn't act in an out-of-control way where we're doing things that we really don't want to do. You remember when the Apostle Paul said, he said this about himself, I find myself doing things I really don't want to do. And the things that I know that I really need to be doing, I'm finding myself not doing. Well, if the Apostle Paul felt that way, everybody feels that way. Did you hear what I said? Everybody at time feels that way. Well, I've just talked about a solution for you. Just spend more time submitting to the things of God and His Word and His ways of doing things. And I tell you, one of the best ways to get the Word of God alive and well in your soul is through the confession of the Word and the Holy Spirit revealing the truth of that Word in your life. Then, what happens is, you begin to, because of what you're meditating on, you begin to really believe, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But the thing about it is, it has to start with you just doing it because it says so. Because if you don't do it, if the only time you're going to ever confess the word is when you feel like it, or you feel a move, oh, Spirit of God hit me, and now he's going to make me do something like that. It's not the Holy Spirit making you do something. It's you choosing to do it his way. And the only way? Practice. Practice. I grew up as a golfer, and I used to hit golf balls all the time. Practice, 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 practice. And I would practice until my calluses on my hands, they grew over so thick that they'd cut and they'd start bleeding because I'd practice and practice and practice and practice where I could hit a golf ball in my sleep. And you think that spiritual things don't work the same way? I promise you they do. Just try thinking God's going to just do it for you and it's just going to happen in your life. Just, just, just revert to that way of thinking and watch what happens. We're joint heirs with him, with the anointing. The Bible calls us joint heirs with the anointing. Not with the deity, with the anointing. And to be joint heirs means... We have our responsibility. He's already done his, and for what he did to work in my life, I've got to do my part. And that is obey his voice and do things the way he wants me to do it. And if I learn that way, my soul gets renewed by the word of God. My flesh gets put under because of the authority that I'm walking in because I'm submitted to him, and I can overcome anything. Everybody say, I can do all things. Through Christ, who strengthens me. I'm telling you. Amen? I want to read this last verse. Talked so long, my iPad went to sleep. I want to read these Last three verses out of the book of John. John 5 and verse 30. 
<clears throat> Jesus said this. Jesus said this. I said, Jesus said this. I can of myself do nothing. Wow. By myself, I can do nothing. Who the heck we think we are? He said he could do nothing by himself. Who the heck do I think I am, think I can do things without him? Deceived. He said, as I hear, I judge. And my judgment is righteous. But you know what he was really saying is? His judgment is righteous if he's hearing. We got to learn from that. Because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. So in essence, without him, he can do nothing, but with him, he can what? Do all things. There's not anything you can't overcome and accomplish in life with him. So one of the things that I've learned in the last number of years about my identity in Christ is this. I need my time with him and my connection with him more than I need anything else. You know, you know what happens when you, when you look at it like that? You don't need the approval of other people. I'm not talking about offending people on purpose. I'm not talking about rebelling against authority. Well, you know, I don't have to do what they say. No, no, I didn't say that. When you're submitted to him, he lines you up the correct way. Did you hear what I said? See, then, but then you don't have to, you don't have to give in and, and be intimidated by the pressures of other people who, you know, in one way or the other, are used by the enemy to try to get to you. When we realize without him we can do nothing, but with him we can do it all, there's not anything you can accomplish in life when you're connected to him. And who is that promoting, you or him? That promotes him. Nothing without him, but with him I can do all things, so he's the one that's the key. He's the key. John 15 and verse 5. Jesus said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Verse 7, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask a few things. You will ask the easy things. You will ask whatever comes to the top of your head. No. You will ask what you desire because you abide in Him, and it shall be done. There's no room for any argument about something not getting done in your and my life. There's no room for argument about it. Yeah, but Pastor, you didn't, no, 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 no. 
No room for argument. I, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's a choice that I make based on the revelation that I have. Without redemptive revelation continuing in my life, I cast off restraint, and all of a sudden, I become the boss of my life. And I'm a horrible boss of my life, and so are you. God made it that way. But you know what? He'll make you look like you're a really good boss of your life if you give him the credit. Can you say amen to that? I was, well, I, you know, I, I, could, I could share about a half a dozen, no, I could probably share about 45 dozen different examples of things that I thought at different times in my life that were not of God. Ideas that I thought I had worked out, but they weren't worked out. And the key to what I'm talking about tonight is submitting to God. And the way you submit to God is you choosing daily to believe you don't have the answers, but He does, and making His answers part of you. That's what's liberated my life. It's liberated me. He's got every answer, and there's no room for discussion. What there's room for is me learning how to receive it. That's where there's great discussion. <laughs> and he'll talk to you all the time, and you you got friends that'll talk. You can talk about it all the time, how we learn how to receive from him. That's where the discussion is. No discussion on why something doesn't happen like it's God's fault. No, he's already set it all up. Every answer, all the 7,000-plus promises in the Word of God are yes and amen. When you read a promise, it's yours. Doesn't mean it'll automatically manifest for you. But there's no room for discussion along that line. And I, in, in an earlier message, I talked about, and I made this statement, and I'm just going to end my message tonight with this, just giving you a little bit more revelation on it that I've just even received in the last week or so. And that is, I said, there are no conditions attached to the promises of God. No conditions. Zero. If the promise of God says this, then that's the way it is. You've seen a bumper sticker that says, God said it, I believed it, and that settled it. That's a lie. God said it, that settles it. God never lied... The Bible says he can't lie. It's not like he wants to lie or he, or, he, or he doesn't want to lie and maybe he could. No, he can't lie. So if he said, by his stripes you were healed, then I were because he said it. Then I have to learn how to receive it. That's where the discussion is. But there's no conditions to the promise itself. Yeah, the conditions of them, there's conditions for those promises working in my life. 
but no condition attached to the promise itself. And if he, he's no respecter of person, if he did it for one person, he'll do it for somebody else because he's already done it. And that's the receiving end that I have to learn how to be on. And that's how I have learned and, and understood in a greater way what it means to be in Christ, to know who I am and that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God wants you today to be developing that so in a year from now, you look back and you think, man, it's amazing how I thought this was so, but today I see it in a totally different way. What you think you know, you know nothing like you need to know it. And that'll keep you pure of heart. That'll keep you seeking after Him. And that'll keep pride levels down. Yeah, we all got to, come on. If something good happens and people start giving you credit for it, don't tell me that your flesh didn't try to get in the way and want to accept it and receive Yeah, man, I'm, I'm the man. But what you find out is you start thinking you the man or you the woman, and all of a sudden, there goes the power. Because the power is from him. If Randy's got something in his body and I lay my hands on him and I command his body to be well, and he gets well. I prayed for him. I laid hands on him. But why was he healed? Well, Pastor, because you laid hands. No, no, no. He was healed because Jesus died for him 2,000 years ago. Amen. Yeah, but you, no, no, no. There's no, there's no conversation regarding that. I laid my hands. I did the part, okay? I did that part. But he was healed because of Jesus, not because of my prayer. Yeah, but you know, you, no, no. That's where we get in trouble. I prayed. But you know what? To get your flesh out of the way, you got to leave it at that. I prayed, great, but no attention to me. And I'm not talking about false humility. I'm not talking about, well, you know, whoa, you know. No, I'm just talking about staying in the mode that he is amazing. <laughs> he is great. He did it all. I'm on the receiving end of it. And I'm not going to get in the way of that stopping. I'm not getting in the way of it. Yeah, I prayed. Why do you think he told so many people, now, don't go tell anybody? And what was the first thing they did? Oh, let me tell you. No, no, no. You know why? Because Jesus the man, the son of man, didn't want the attention drawn to him because it, to Jesus it was all about the Father. Remember, he, Jesus, did we just read, Jesus said, without the Father, I can do nothing. See, all the attention, don't go tell anybody. Boom, people just came everywhere. So people want to be anointed and they want great things to happen in their life and through their life and all that kind of thing. But if you hadn't dealt with the pride issue, it'll come after you because people like results. Somebody gets healed because you laid hands on it, then people want everybody else. I was in a gym one night at 11 o'clock, still telling stories. I was, I was at a gym working out. It was about between 11 and 12. Remember the, remember the gym over by, uh, over by where Happy State Bank is? What was that gym? Family Sports Center. Hmm. 
And I was there at about 11 o'clock at night. Luke, were you there? Were you there the, Luke, were you there the night that a guy came up to me and asked me to lay hands on him and pray for him? Were you there that night? I think you were there. And this guy, he comes up and he says, something was wrong. No, I think I just went to him. I think I just went to him. And I laid hands on the guy and he said, man, my knee, or I think it was his knee or something. And he said, man, my knee, it's like it's well. Like this. And there was another guy who said, hey, will you do the same for me? I mean, if the guy, I prayed for the guy and his knee got well, and if his knee hurts, I mean, duh, maybe he's born at night, but not last night. Let's go get in line. So people are going to come and they're going to want it, but it can't be from you. you. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, it's me being obedient to do what he said, but at the end of the day, it's because of him. And you know what? It takes some time to get a hold of that. Yeah, I've got to receive it as mine. The anointing is mine. I'm a joint heir of that anointing. I have, the, I have the right to lay hands on the sick, and the sick will recover. I can do that. I've done it many, many times, seen many miracles and manifestations and things in people's body. I can do all those things. And I have to receive the anointing from him to do it, but then I have to leave it with him. And then go do it again, expecting the same results. But it's not for me. It's because of Him. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, we invite you to share it with someone in your life. We would love for you to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also download our app and stay connected to Gates and access to the Word of God anytime you need it. We are believing that the seed of today's word is going deep in your heart and that you always remember God is more than enough in every situation of your life.